You're listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Enjoy the show. Yo, Joe. Yo, Justin. What's up? Not much, man. How's it going? It's going. It's going. I'm excited. I'm excited about the summer. I'm excited about giant monster movie summer. Ah, uh, so am I. So yeah. am I. It's a good, it's can, a good can, start. Can, I, listen, listen. I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. Um, to save you the trouble of having to say that whole thing every episode. <laughs> <laughs> just cut and paste it in. <laughs> just call it Hot Kaiju Summer. <laughs> just be like, uh, hey guys, welcome to Giant Monster Movie Month. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Each episode, yeah. Well, they're not all kaiju movies, though. True, true. You're right, you're right. Fuck you, man. I'm just going to call it that. I'm just going to continue to call it that. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Give the people what they want, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, just basically, give me what I want. <laughs> that's what it's about. Feeding Justin's ego. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I, I don't have much of one to begin with. Mm. So we got a great movie to start with. Um, this is this is you know one of the like besides a Godzilla movie, this is one of the bigger um, and better kaiju movies from Japan, and uh, that's Rodan from 1956. Yeah, this was uh, this was actually Toho's first uh, monster movie to be shot in color, and uh, they really took advantage of that. But uh, damn, this is a good looking flick. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it is, and this is the first time we get to see like a lot of this, uh, you know, miniature work done with all the color details that you know were put into it and stuff like that. So it makes a huge difference, obviously. Not to say that the black and white yeah. stuff before that wasn't great, because it, it is. But but this really kind of shines, uh, especially with the special effects stuff. It's Toho Studios—they're basically the ones that pioneered the giant monster film genre, uh, the kaiju uh, genre, as it's called. Around the early '50s, uh, we got Godzilla. Uh, two Godzilla movies, actually. Uh, we got another movie called Half Human, uh, which is another uh, giant monster movie of sorts. Uh, and then shortly after, we did get Rodan. Uh, these, uh, obviously, Godzilla was a breakthrough hit, you know, uh, really just um, blew people away at the time. A lot of these movies are put into the, you know, cheesy category, and they are. Like, that's kind of the, the whole, you know, point of watching them. They're silly. It's supposed to be. Uh, but Godzilla kind of stood out because it wasn't really portrayed that way. Uh, it was more of a cautionary tale, and uh, it, it got a lot of people's attention. But it was also just a really great movie to watch because of the special effects. And uh, they didn't all have big messages. So Rodan does not. But, um, I mean, a little bit. Well, a little, a little, a little bit, bit. A little, a little bit. bit, yeah. yeah. We'll get into that later. Yeah, it deviates a lot more as time goes on. But uh, in the beginning, these movies were kind of taken a little more seriously. As uh, seriously as they could, I suppose. Now... When it comes to uh, Toho Studios and these kaiju films, you had like several key players who were involved in the major movies. Uh, and they're all involved in this particular movie. Because you got uh, Ishiro Honda, he's the director of this film. He's the director of Godzilla as well. Uh, he also did the movie I mentioned, Half Human. Uh, which, I don't know if you've seen that. It's a great movie. It's about... Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Japanese Abominable Snowman. You should check, check, oh. it, check it out. It's pretty good. All um, right. All yeah. right. Uh, so you have... So you have him. He's a key player. You also have uh, Ijai Sabraya, who is the special effects guy on this movie and pretty much all of Toho's monster movies. He's he's huge uh, when it comes to this genre. He's also the guy that did Ultraman, 
there's a lot to say about him as a whole, but he's involved in this movie. And then you have Haru Nakajima, who is the stunt guy in the suit. Uh, he was the guy that did Godzilla, and he's the guy that did Rodan in this movie. So in this movie alone, you have the major, major like kaiju players from the Toho era of uh, monster movies. You, you, you are uh, just like a fountain of information yeah. uh, when it comes to kaiju in general, giant monsters, and... I just watch it and be like, "This was fun." <laughs> yeah, I could I could teach a course on this, and and that's the kind of shit that I say that my girlfriend listens to, and she's like, "I can't believe I let this guy put his dick in me." <laughs> <laughs> so as far as actors go, uh, there's a, there's a couple major uh, players, uh, usual suspects, I suppose, uh, in this movie that we see in quite a lot of other movies. Uh, the main character, Shigeru, is played by Kenji Sahara, and he is, he, he's in a lot of these movies, a lot. Uh, he was uh, Fujita in Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, mm-hmm. He was, he, he's basically, you know, almost all of them. But he, he plays like the um, the side kind of nerdy friend character a lot, because uh, he's got glasses on. He doesn't have glasses on in this movie. In this movie, he's our hero. Not in this movie. Yeah, no. he's our hero in this movie. Well, he's, not, he's a hero. Yeah, he's, he's our lead. He's our lead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the hero that we didn't ask for. He's just the one that we got. Um, so there's that. Yeah, I, not that he really does anything. No, I mean, what, what, what's there to do, you know? Um, and then uh, also another big actor in, in this movie, um, Akihiko Hirohara, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right. He's uh, he's the scientist in this. He's also like the... He played uh, Dr. Sarazawa in, in Godzilla. So he's like one of the main characters in that movie. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's in a lot of these things too, uh, and he usually plays like the doctor or the, the as I call him, like Professor Exposition, because he just explains right. like what every fucking monster is and why it's here and stuff like that. Uh, right, right. It's usually him and uh, I forget the other guy's name. Yeah, it's usually him or Takashi Shimura who plays uh, you know, Doctor Yami and uh, Godzilla too. They, they both like always come into these movies and just explain shit. Um, right. So so Toho, like we well, said, they found their niche. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so Toho, like we said, kind of you know pioneered these movies, but this is yes, yeah, so we're gonna we gotta get into the movie. So Rodan. Um, so when did you first see this movie? Uh, I was a kid. Um, this was uh, I want to say it was maybe on the Sci-Fi Channel. Sure, yeah, that's how we saw um, a lot of these things back then. Or actually, no, it might not have been because I was younger. Like when I was when I was. Uh, like little we we didn't have cable um so it had and i know i was like really young when i first seen it so it had been like maybe on channel five or channel nine or channel 11 like on like a saturday or sunday afternoon yeah because they they would do that you know they would play like some of these giant monster movies just as like filler basically yeah i know there was a lot of channels that did that. I mean, obviously the big one was TNT. They had Monster Vision, um, and they did they did the Saturday mornings where they would have like a, a whole marathon of these things from time to time. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's huge for me. Like, that's a big part of my like childhood was TNT's Monster Vision. Uh, I saw right. I saw so many things that way. You know, all like these kind of movies, like B sci fi movies. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I didn't see this uh, back then, though. So I remember buying. I, I saw this a little bit later on. You probably saw it way before. Way before I did. Uh, I mean, I've been into these movies since I was like twelve, you know. And 
Rodan, obviously, I knew it existed. You know, it was hard to get a hold of back then. You know, when we were kids, it was like if you didn't see it on TV, there wasn't really a lot of ways to to find these. They they weren't really like you know. Um, no, no, you really couldn't go to the uh, to like the video store. They right. had some, but not yeah, but not yeah, many. not a lot of them. Though. No, not a lot. I remember, I remember like having to. I remember asking the guy at um, I think it was Palmer Video, right? It was like right by our house. That's when we used to go to yeah. a lot. Palmer Video. I I asked the guy that worked there if I could see their movie book. I, I I found out this existed where it was basically just a giant catalog of just every movie in like alphabetical order that existed. And oh, with, with a code, right, with a code that they could use to order the VHS tape or whatever. I remember like asking to see it and like tr- trying to memorize all the Godzilla titles, you know, it's like because obviously it was easy to just look. All right, Godzilla, like verse this, Godzilla verse this, you know. Right. And missing all those other movies that were named something else, you know, like you know, destroy all monsters and shit like that. Um, right. So you know, a lot of this for me was was through like sort of <laughs> research and talking to these guys at the <laughs> video store, and I was like, you know, twelve, thirteen, and then right. taping everything on Monster Vision because every Saturday, basically, um, when I was a kid, I, I had to like do the yard work. That was like my Saturdays. I had to get up early. I had to mow the lawn, clean up everything in the backyard, you know, uh, fucking wash shit down, whatever. Like, that was my job as, like, a kid, you know, and I would get 20 bucks for doing that. So, while I was doing all that shit, I was recording with a VHS, blank VHS tape on a TV that nobody used. Just whatever was on Monster Vision. Just let it go. And I had no idea what I was going to see. Yeah, I had no idea what I was going to see. And I would put it on that. You just knew it was going to be this time. Yeah. Yeah, just I would, let the tape go. If if the TV guy was around, I would look and see like what was actually going to be on. But <laughs> sometimes I had no fucking clue what was going to be on there, and I would just kind of see right. whatever I saw, you know. Um, and I, I would ha- and I would just you know keep what keep what I wanted to watch again, and then just tape over the stuff I didn't like. So I would do yard work all day. I would get my twenty bucks, and then I would use it to buy snacks, and then just like watch this VHS tape that I had. And that was my Saturdays as a kid for a while. And that's why I saw a lot of these things. This particular movie, I didn't see until like later on in life. And it was when DVD came out. And it was a DVD set of the Godz- of a couple Godzilla movies that they had the rights to. It wasn't a lot. Okay. Was, so basically one box set had just whatever. It was four or five Godzilla movies. And then the special box set that had like a different looking cover, I believe, had Rodan in there as well. And it was kind of hard to find. It was r- rare. And it was the English version, obviously. So that's how I saw it. So honestly, I was probably like 20-something when I saw it. And I just wasn't a fan of it. Um, I don't know why. Really? Yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. I don't know why. I watched it later on, like, you know, maybe like a decade ago or whatever. And um, again on DVD. But the same DVD probably. And I fucking loved it. And I didn't realize how good this movie was because I just sort of wrote it off and moved on to the hundred other movies that these guys made, you know? So, right. And I wasn't a big fan of Rodan the character as well. I know you are. You're a huge Rodan fan. Um, but I don't know. He's just like a very stiff pterodactyl monster. So I was like, never really like did it for me. You know, he couldn't really do a lot. But the movie showcased everything that he could do. And it made me appreciate the character. made me appreciate the movie. And uh, yeah, I fucking, I, I've loved it ever since. And I've watched it quite a bit since then. Both versions, English and the uh, dubbed. I mean, English and the Japanese. Yeah, the first time I saw it was the English dub. Um... Actually, probably the first couple of times I saw it. The first couple of times, I think it was just on TV. Yeah. Like, later on, I had seen the uh, the subtitle. Yeah, HBO Max has a lot of these movies in just the Japanese form, which 
is is strange because it's never how we used to see these, but uh, that's how they've been presenting them recently. It's actually harder now to see the English dub. It's a little bit rarer. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, uh, a lot of times, all, all I've been able to find are the are the subtitles, which is fine. I don't I don't yeah. mind watching it that way. Um, but there is sort of like a kind of a, like a goofy charm to the uh, to the dubbed version. I, I know, I know. <laughs> it's what everybody kind of thinks about when they think of these movies too. You know, the mouth's not moving up, and it's 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 the big you know thing that people make fun of. Um, and, and, and that's what I grew up on. So I like hearing those voices. You know, I remember like some of the lines and like the way they spoke and stuff like that. So, yeah, right. I mean, a lot of times you'll buy these uh, DVDs now because these are movies that like I do actually collect, like to collect, like to actually own these. Uh, they'll have both versions, which is great because right. the Japanese version is also a different cut as well. It's not just, oh, it's dubbed in English and then the Japanese, it's just, the, you know, the uh, original, uh, the original dialogue. They're different cuts of the movie. The English versions, they, they do edit it quite a bit by, by adding some things in there that just might make it easier for people, slightly easier for people to you know understand or appreciate or relate to, I suppose, right? And then also for time, you know, they cut these things for time because a lot of these are long over there and here, not so much. Well, this one, like Rodan specifically, it's not, it's not that long a movie. It's not, no. It's an hour and 22 minutes, Um yeah, if you want to get technical, it's an hour and twenty-two minutes, but the uh, English one is an hour and twelve, so they cut about ten minutes. Oh wow! Yeah, and they, and they and they add some different stuff in there. There's some like stock footage shit that that's very like common with the English versions of these movies. You see how like how many fucking times do you see these movies start off with a nuclear bomb going off, right? And like a narrator, right? You know, talking about this shit, and uh, it's that's not really in the Japanese ones. It's a, kind of an American uh, add-on. A narration too, because I because this this movie yes. yeah in, in the English dub this movie is narrated uh, in the Japanese yes. one it, it is not because you know they need to explain all this shit because people are like what the fuck am I watching um, right so right yeah. well, I mean you know Japanese culture is very different from our own over here right. yeah so yeah a lot of people just aren't going to understand certain things and that's you know I get that I I, I get why they would do that I. I like I like I said, it's been a while since I've seen the English dubbed version. Yeah. Um, so I, I couldn't tell you exactly what the differences are in I, this movie. We'll talk about them as we go through because I actually decided to watch the English dub because I knew you were going to watch the Japanese one because it's like the most... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I popped on the DVD and I watched the English one. So I'm like, we're going to be able to kind of like compare. <laughs> There's not many differences. I, I've, I've seen them both recently, obviously. So... Uh, yeah, well, let's just get into the movie. Uh, the movie uh, basically starts off in a small mining village uh, in Japan and uh, on, like, an island. And, you know, these these miners basically uh, have gone missing. It's like, uh, Goro is the name of one of them. Goro has a sister. Kiyo? Yeah, Kiyo. Yeah, Kiyo. Goro's sister, yeah. Kiyo, uh, has a thing with, like, the main character uh, who we mentioned before. Shigeru. Sh- yeah, Shigeru. Shigeru is basically like, like he's more of like a um I don't know he's like a safety engineer or whatever so so he finds yeah. out that like his friend went missing and his sister's like oh please find him you know so they basically go into the mine to find out what happened they discover the corpse of the second guy this guy's all like cut up he was killed like he wasn't he didn't like just die in a collapse or a mining incident or whatever because we know how dangerous mines are from my bloody Valentine um, yeah <laughs> so, so we have like uh this is the second movie we did about mines. So I guess you could say we have like a minor theme for the year. 
so yeah, um, they, they they discover the body of this uh, the, this person down there, and it looks like he has been murdered. They actually say it looks like it, it was like a Japanese sword, right? Yeah, I they, they, I think the the insinuation is that the other guy Goro who's missing uh, might have killed him. You know, like that. They, yeah, because they didn't yeah, find him. Everybody assumes that yeah. uh, Goro killed this guy, and because he they do establish that he had a temper. Yeah, well, was prone to getting into fights. Right, everybody's been kind of fighting a little bit more. Uh, I don't, nothing good's going to come out of mining something in Japan. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like no. Uh, no. What were they mining? Like just smaller monsters, and, they, and then like, oh shit, we have to ones. <laughs> this is. I think they did mention something about black diamonds. Oh, okay. So <laughs> they're mining anime. <laughs> <laughs> um. I almost feel like in Japan, like, the children's bedtime stories are about, like, <laughs> little miners finding, like, dragon eggs and shit. This has to be the most common fucking bullshit story. <laughs> uh, like, oh, they, a little miner gets... no uh, idea what's under the surface of the earth. They just assume this is a little, little, there's monsters everywhere. <laughs> a little miner in the... Daguru-san. <laughs> he, like, throws up rainbows for all the kids to play in. <laughs> Speaking of kids, though, I was wondering, like, every time they went down to the mine, I'm like, where are all the child laborers? Well, they're, <laughs> they're making the guns to fight these things. Ah, true, mm. true. Yeah, so they uh, they don't really know what's going on down this mine, and they uh, they have the police basically investigate because they find a dead body, and then what happens, they get attacked by something. Off screen, we don't see what it is. Um, right, but yeah. you hear it. Yeah, it's not. It's, it, it's a very distinctive chirping sound. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we see it pretty soon. First of all, just yeah. to, to say Well, this. it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it's my favorite part of the movie. It's my favorite <laughs> fucking part where it's Shigeru is it's in, just in their house. Yeah, it was Shigeru it's and Kyu. Kyu's house, in yeah. The house. And they're talking about what happened and if Goro's still alive or whatever, you know. And mid-conversation, because this is what would happen. Mid-conversation, just a giant... Uh, millipede monster just comes into the back door. It's just, just like, oh my god! It's up. literally just there. It is my no warning, no nothing of the movie. Because it's just like it's, it's almost like he comes in. He's like, you guys got any sugar? <laughs> I'm here for the dinner party. Uh, yeah, and he's pretty. Cool. He's pretty cool looking. Um, I think you know he is. Yeah. He is. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you refer to it as, like, a millipede monster type deal. And, yeah. like, okay, so, like, the head, it's very, like, fly or ant-like. Yeah. But I feel like the body was more armadillo. A little bit, yeah. We don't, you don't see it in full too much. Um, no. But, yeah, there, there are, there are, I think, like, photos and stuff like that that they show later on when you see it, it, it a little bit better. Um, when he, when he walks in, it's kind of like, yeah, you don't like, you just kind of see the head. It's supposed to be like a dragonfly larva, supposedly, but yeah. Yeah. Um, the name of the creature is the, uh, Meganoron. And I don't know how often or if all they say that. I just know that these things. Uh, it was a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, but like later on. Okay. Cause they do not in the English dub. Uh, they just refer to it as like this larva. These things actually appear in a Godzilla movie, uh, like way way later on. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. These monsters make kind of a comeback. I mean, obviously with a redesign because it's like a later Godzilla uh, movie, like one of the newer things from um, the the Millennial series. Uh, Yeah, Godzilla vs. Megagyrus is what it's called. And and these are the the monsters in it. Again, girlfriend just shaking her head. (laughs) So um, (laughs) they wind up, uh, you know, getting the uh, police involved and the military involved and, you know, all this shit. Uh, because now they know they got some giant monster in the village. Um, and this is what's been killing things in the mine because it winds up killing some other things and it's the same markings, or whatever. So they kind of put two and two together. Now, the Japanese military, and I, I, I say that uh, loosely because it's not really, right? It's the Japanese self defense force. Cause, so, like, you know, America took the military away from Japan after the war. <laughs> I just kind of think it's funny. I always like kind of like think it'd be funny like if they had you know this scene <laughs> where the Japanese were like making a plea to the Americans like you know in this fake Japanese world right with these monsters everywhere saying we need the military back they're like well, what what for and they're like well we have giant monsters in the, in the city they've crushed several cities already there's there's many of them uh, some of them are twice the size of our buildings and the guy's like get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> But this is what's happening in Japan. Build this, in the Toho, in the Toho this universe. Form out, build yeah. this form out and triplicate. We'll get back to you in six to eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is life in the Toho universe, right? So uh, there's a countless amount of fucking monsters. Uh, Shigeru goes with them. Uh, he sends a minecart flying down towards this thing, killing it a la Donkey Kong Country. And the fucking... <laughs> The fucking mine collapses. Shigeru's trapped. Actually, before the mine collapses, another one comes out. So now they know there's a bunch of them back there. And uh, yeah. he's basically gone, you know, at this point. So now um, they get this uh, scientist involved and, you know, everybody else everybody else that deals with this kind of stuff, right? We get, we get our group of uh, exposition scientists that come in and they explain everything that's going on. There's a fucking earthquake that, you know, was caused from this mine collapse. The volcano by the mine, right, or by the, the, the island, I suppose, is going to erupt. Uh, so that's happening. And at the same time, there is a uh, unidentified flying object flying around near the island, like wiping out aircraft left and right at like speeds that any... Yeah, hu- they said uh, supersonic speeds. Right, what any, anything capable at the time could do. And this is the worst Tuesday in Japan, ever. <laughs> this is all happens in one day. <laughs> this is a very, very bad Tuesday. Uh, so all this shit basically happens at this point. Now, Shigeru is found in a matte painting later on and when they go to visit. Oh, my <laughs> God. I said the same thing. Right? Yeah. Oh, it was a beautiful painting. Uh, there's a lot of really nice uh, matte paintings. There are, so, yeah. Uh, that's, we, we, I think we talked about that in another podcast and how, like... We did, yeah. How great that stuff was back then, you know, uh, and, and, and kind of missing those those things. But uh, it, it, you know what? For the time, a lot of things are done really well in this movie. And we'll kind of get into that as we go along. But that is actually a very well done uh, map painting. So he has amnesia. He doesn't really know what happened when the mind collapsed. He doesn't know what he saw, whatever. And uh, he's taken to the hospital. So all this shit's happening, right, at the same time. And everybody's kind of trying to deal with everything. And we don't know what the connections are yet. Um, right. So... Did you know that the movie actually, uh, this whole, you know, unidentified flying object sort of destroying things was kind of like the spark of the story that was that was written by the uh, Ken Koronuma who wrote the, the movie. 
This was sort of... Oh, that was like kind of the the initial idea? Right. The initial idea came from this, which was actually um, based on a true story. I think it was called like the Mantell Incident or something like that. It happened in like the late 40s in Kentucky where uh, like a National Guard pilot was killed by some kind of UFO that they... I don't think they ever really found out what happened. Uh, so this this like true event sort of like ignited this story. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know much about that particular incident, but but that I know that was the reason uh, for writing this. Uh, basically, that's something that I had read uh, quite a bit ago. Once um, Shigeru kind of comes to in the hospital, uh, you, you basically kind of find out what's really going on, right? Like for a while, he's not saying anything, and like they're trying to get him to because uh, like, they think it's like they're looking at memory loss they're not really calling it trauma um but he's not speaking he's not really doing much of anything so they're trying to get him to tell them something, right. anything right because they kind of have an idea um, that the object that's flying around and like blowing things up might be like some kind of pterodactyl because they get so all right so you get that that um that scene uh kind of in the middle of all this where there's like a young couple that go out to the volcano like i always forget about that scene and they and they like they're taking pictures and like this thing flies like above them and like wipes them both out. They're thrown off this fucking mountain, and they find their camera, and they look through the camera and they see like the like the wing of something. It's a, kind of like a haunting yeah. like, part, right? Um, and they're yeah. and, and they're just doing all the detective work based on like all these little things that happen with to this couple. So they think it might be this like pterodactyl. They want to talk to Shigeru, but like, you know, is this what you saw in the mine? Is this like you know did you, you know they want to kind of confer with him. And uh, he's just sort of like an amnesiac, so. Right. So they're showing him, uh, like, these pictures. They're showing him dinosaur pictures, basically. Yeah. And he he's like, is this the guy that did this to you? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, he, he doesn't know what's going on. But, uh, yeah, so that happens. Um, and, like, he's looking at these dinosaur pictures and, like, proceeds to kind of, like, get even more traumatized, <laughs> Because right. he kind of shuts down and completely. He does. It's not he like freaks out. Yeah, it's not until uh, Keo, who's in the hospital with him all the time, shows him like the the bird eggs, and then we get this flash. Yes. Yeah, and then we get this flashback of what actually happens. It's a pretty great scene, I think. Uh, it is. We it see, is. Yeah, we see him wake up in the mine, and he sees that these larvae or whatever, they're fucking everywhere. They're all over the place. And they're all kind of surrounding this gigantic fucking egg. And the egg hatches, and we get our first look at Rodan. And we're like, we're about 40 minutes into the movie at this point. And now we're seeing the, the title creature for the first time. And I, and I kind of love that. Like, I think that's great. Um, I love the buildup, you know, with the photo of the wing. And, um, and it is so fucking silly looking. <laughs> it really is. It is. It is. But I love it too. Like, because because the, I think in that in the hatching scene, he's just a hand puppet, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's a lot smaller looking. Uh, I think one of the things that get really well in this movie is the scaling of things, right? So we've been seeing and fighting off these like little larvae for, like I said, you know, almost half the movie, and right. you know they're pretty big. You know, like they're they're taking people out pretty easily. They're not like gigantic. They're not the size of buildings, but you know, they're, no, they're the size of like a large dog, I, or bigger, maybe. Yeah, bigger than that. Yeah, I mean, but they're not like, I mean, like if they were standing upright, they'd probably be the size of like two people. You know, I guess. But okay, yeah, yeah. 
And then this thing is eating them like they're fucking M&Ms, you know? Like, and, and like this, they have the scaling, like, at that point, where you're like, oh, shit. So this dinosaur thing is fucking huge. Um, right. Because you don't really know what him just looking at it. And then they can, so they did a great job, like, showing us these things for quite a while and then, you know, using it to scale up the other thing. I think that's actually great. It's a genius. So this thing basically takes off and now like, okay, we have we have our explanation of what's basically been attacking everything in the sky. Uh, we have an explanation of, you know, what, you know, caused the cave-in. And so now it's sort of like, all right, you know, we got to we gotta fucking kill this thing. It's, you know, coming in and out of the mountain that's erupting uh, and it goes, uh, flies off to the city, right? And now we get, you know, our meat and potatoes, right? Like we get what we came this movie to watch which is a monster attacking a city in full fucking yeah. color and it does not disappoint at all you know this is like one no. of the yeah. <laughs> this is definitely one of the better fucking badass. yeah and you know like we've seen this you know so many times right from the movies in the 50s and 60s uh every movie you know every kaiju movie has these scenes now, I said before, like, I'm not a big fan of Rodan because he's kind of, like, stiff and he's just sort of like a pterodactyl, right? He doesn't have, like, arms and shit. Like, he doesn't walk around. He just flies around. So, they use all of that in this movie to, like, show what he's capable of doing to destroy a city. And it's all, like, just wind damage, you know? Like, flapping, like, his wings flying above things. And it's really done well. I mean, like, look, it'd get old seeing that in, like, you know, four Rodan sequels. There aren't any sequels to this movie, but... You know, like other Toho monsters have some sequels. So they have it for this movie, and then that's pretty much it, you know? And it's great. Like, watching, like, the wind just sort of, like, rip shingles off of houses and blowing cars around and trees around and things just catching fire. The miniature work is fucking outstanding in this movie. Oh, my God. It looks so good. Yeah, and I appreciate it more every time I see it um, because I know, like, you know, how difficult that is to put together. And um, it's very impressive stuff, man. So I, I, the, the, the scene where he attacks the city is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Out of all the dinosaurs, the pterodactyl, pteranodons, they terrify well, because they fly and yeah. they're horrible looking. Yeah. So that's that's why I like Rodan because yeah. I am terrified of flying things. The military gets involved at this point. They're blowing the shit out of them. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, that did not come out right. <laughs> it's <laughs> not that kind of movie. No, there's no tentacles in this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a different, different genre of Japanese film. So they're shooting at him with guns uh, from a tank. Made that very clear. And it does fucking nothing, obviously. Uh, the planes yeah. basically come in, they attack, does nothing. and Rodin... Which, by the way, I got to say, that whole sequence of the, um, you know, the, the, the military attacking yeah. Rodan, like that whole dogfight sequence, fucking awesome. Really cool sequence. Yeah, no, definitely. I told you, I love this whole entire attack part. It's really, really great. And I've watched so many of these movies for so long. It's definitely one of the better ones. Yeah, it does nothing, obviously. Um, you know, Rodan basically goes on a tear, does what he has to do, leaves unscathed. Depending on which version you watch, uh, the Japanese one shows the second Rodan come in at this point and help attack the city. Right? So that's like, oh shit, there's another one. The American right. dub, uh, one of the big differences, really one of the only major differences besides some stock footage that they throw in there and a narration, is they introduce the second Rodan immediately by just doing a flip shot of the first one. When, you know when the first one like leaves the mountain, that scene, when he flies off? Yeah. Right, right before he goes to the city? So at that point in the, in the American dub, they just do a flip shot of the exact same thing and you go, oh my God, he has a mate. 
and they show that happening again. So they show there's two of them right off the bat. They they kind of like throw that out there. And while in the Japanese one, it's kind of it comes more as a surprise because when they're fighting this thing in the city and it's doing nothing and the city's basically getting wiped out, there's no kind of hope. It gets even more hopeless because the second one fucking shows up and just starts doing the same thing. And you're like, holy shit, there's right. two of them. Because oh, there was no indication that there was a second one. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have known. And yeah. like, obviously, I guess as a kid, that again, that's that's one of the one of the cooler things about the movie is like you're not just getting the one giant monster; you got fucking two of them. Yeah, yeah, and and again, it's something that they do very well in the in the, in the Japanese one and in the American one. It, it's kind of just given a away. Too early. It's a little lazily you know, thrown in there too, but whatever. Right. Um, so what the fuck is Rodan? He's like a ter- like we said. He's like a pterodactyl. They explain it as like this egg that was I don't know what like basically petrified in this in, in the lava from the volcano, and and and, yeah. and, and woke up so from nuclear testing. There. Uh, so their um, their theory was that um, the you know it was a, it was dormant until uh, they started doing hydrogen bomb tests, and that's what I guess woke it up. Yeah, I mean people. That's another trope that everybody kind of knows, even if you haven't seen these things, right? Like nuclear weapons takes, you know, bring awakens everything, right? Well, that's where kind of like the social commentary comes in with this movie that we were talking about earlier. Right. Well, I mean, we're, we're in the 50s. You know, this is still a big topic yeah. of conversation across the world at this point. You know, so this is the thing that movies use as a tool of terror. We get to the end at this point, and uh, their plan of attack is when the Rod- the Rodans, as we call it, the Rodans. The Rodans yeah. will be back after this message. When the Rodans go... Eat the Rodan! <laughs> It'd just be funny if it just turned to like a Dick Van Dyke kind of comedy. Like, Rodan coming home, taking his hat off. He's like, oh shit, man, what a day. <laughs> um, so the Rodans go back to the volcano. When, when the Rodans go back to the volcano, that's when they're basically going to strike the volcano, causing like an early eruption um, Miniature eruption. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They, they they try to cause this uh, earlier so they could envelop the two of them in the volcano. You know, so yeah, because the the, the volcano is their nest. They kill one of them with the eruption, and and, and it's it's sad when when this thing when Rodan the first Rodan comes out and. And died. Yeah, and then the sadder thing is what happens to the second one. Because you didn't know this was a fucking love story <laughs> until right. now. And the second one basically sees what's happening to the first one and kills itself. Dives it it dives down with it. Yeah, I I thought it was gonna try it was trying to help yeah. the other one and realize it couldn't and then just fucking Yeah. Well so died a very slow, agonizing death. <laughs> They don't explain it enough, I don't think, in the Japanese one. The The American one does narrate that, because the whole thing is narrated, uh, like I was saying before. So they narrate like that's kind of what it is. Uh, and I believe that's kind of what the story called for, too. So it wasn't like they just made it up here to like romanticize right. this movie. That's what it is. And they're all kind of, and the way they're all looking on at this is sort of like with this, you know, this really like just sort of shocked look of just sadness too right like there's just like this yeah. whole like you could tell just by the way they're watching this happen it's like yeah this is like really like tragic um right. you know on all sorts of scales right so the movie kind of ends with like bringing all that like tragedy of what happened the tragedy of these what these creatures are like how you know they basically could have conquered the entire planet right um and their death became even more tragic right so the whole story of them and what they did was just this big tragedy that's that's the end of the movie. 
like we said before, it's a really great movie for its, you know, special effects work, obviously. But the story is great. Like, this movie moves very, very fast. Um, there's so many... It does. It, yeah. it doesn't slow down It doesn't. Really. And it keeps your attention, even for a movie that has its title, Monster, show up 40 minutes in. You know? So... Right, because there's so much other stuff going on. I mean, first of all, you have... Uh, it it kind of opens with, like, a murder mystery. It's like, okay, what happened to this guy? Where did this other guy go? Why does Goro not have four arms? That's confusing to me. <laughs> well, we don't know. We don't really see much of him except for his, like, mangled corpse. The movie really does uh, keep you entertained throughout the entire runtime. There's so much other stuff going on. Um, and it, it, it's it's got, like, this pace where it's, it's not moving too fast. You know, as far as giant monster movies go, this is definitely one of the better ones. Uh, if there's something that you are into... You probably already know that, you know. Um, but if you're kind of just dipping your feet in this and you haven't seen a lot or you want to see a lot or, or you want to get into these, this is one to, this is definitely a good go-to besides like a Godzilla movie. Um, right, yeah. You know, because Godzillas are great, obviously. I, I love them very much. And uh, and Rodan makes a lot of appearances in the Godzilla movies. You know, he, like we said, he doesn't have a sequel to, like we said before, there's no sequel to this movie, but he is in a lot of Godzilla movies. He's like one of the big allies. And um, so you see quite a bit of Rodan, you know, in the Toho verse or whatever. So um, you get your fix. I don't know. I guess it's a new one because they both died in here. So I I don't know. But um, right. Because a lot of these movies do sort of connect. They they, there's there's a continuity that runs through them all. And um, yeah, even, you know, it's funny, even like Godzilla, they, they talk about how they found this like monster in the Himalaya. The next movie they did was that you know, Abominable Snowman movie. So I think there's like a connection that weaves through all these movies, subtle as it may be, but... Um, right, right. It's, a, it's an early sort of version of, uh, yeah. you know, a shared universe. Yeah, it is, yeah. This movie was fucking huge in America when it came out uh, on TV. Like, the biggest movie release at the time was this movie. And the advertisement for this was everywhere. Um Huge advertisement campaign. I believe there was like a thing where they had children like try to trace Rodan real quick over the TV screen because he'd like appear in flashes on the commercial to like win a contest if you could trace him. Like there was a lot of shit going on with this thing. And when it came out, it it did really, really well. Uh, So this is kind of a big responsibility for bringing these movies to uh, the States as well at an early like time period. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just a really fun movie. It is, um, man. It's a it, it's a it's a fucking great movie. Um, every time I watch it now, you know, I, I like it a little bit more. I appreciate it a little bit more. So, like we said before, as far as these kind of movies go, something you're into, check it out, and hopefully you enjoyed this podcast because this is pretty much all we're gonna be talking about for this <laughs> for the rest of the summertime. So yeah, for the next three months, this is this is what you get. Yeah, that's it. So. Um, we hope you enjoy. We hope you tune in next week and let us know what you think about this theme and this episode on So Mets. And fuck, good night. Good night. I'm going to go do my laundry right now because I wasn't. I'm going to go get my laundry out of the dryer. <laughs> ah, see? So I didn't want to start the laundry during this because I was afraid that you'd hear the fucking dryer going on. So. Yeah, but the dryer's downstairs in the basement. Yeah, but I'm above it in the in the office. So you oh, would, you're right above yeah, it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So you would you would fucking hear it now. Um, you know, laundry, giant men in 
rubber suits. I mean, can the summer get more exciting? I don't, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll find out. Next week on Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. You had a poster. Well, have. You still have it. You got a, you got a poster of this movie. <laughs> because the character, well, I shouldn't say character, the monster is so ridiculous looking. And you never saw it. And I asked you when I right. saw it, I was like, have you actually watched that movie? And you're like, no. I was like, oh boy. Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Also, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, and that's at Sexy Vamp Teeth. We also have Instagram at the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. And if you want to follow Justin, all you that's need to me. do... Oh, you're still on the phone? Uh, I very rarely ever hang up. Tell the people where they could follow you, Justin. Well, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can find me as Justin Tong. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me jtong81. And if you want to follow me on Slasher, the horror-based social media site, you can find me at Sexy Vampire Teeth Pod. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can't. I'm off the stuff. So if you guys want updates on the show, please follow us on our social media sites. And make sure to tune in every Monday night for a new episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and good night. So long, everybody. You've been listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast.